welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Life NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I got with me my guy, Noah Terranova. Noah, say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? So, it's been it's been a pretty quiet couple of weeks in the NBA. So, you know, we'll talk about what, what has happened that has made the news. And we'll also get into, like, what we think are some top and most important um headlines heading into training camp and preseason and the regular season which is all about to go down within the next couple of weeks so mm-hmm. um Noah let let's start things off with um let's start things off with the with with one of the bigger stories that's been I want to say been dragged out far too long and this is none other than the Ben Simmons situation so do you want to get us started on what, your thoughts on it and just like anything so, else in general with it? I think all sides in this situation are, are wrong to mm-hmm. a certain degree. I think that Ben Simmons is wrong. I think that Doc Rivers is wrong, definitely. The Sixers are wrong. Um, I, I, I think I tend to be more on Ben Simmons' side, although I'm not completely on his side. I do think there is something to say about the way he performed in the playoffs, obviously, uh, and the fact that, you know, he, he just wasn't good. Uh, but at the end of the day, I also think that, you know, he's still like a very good player, like easy, like top 30, 40 guy in the league. And, you know, what made his playoff performance so disappointing was the fact that we know what caliber player he, he is, He's under, but he's underperforming to what his talent may suggest that he should be. Um, so I, I, I never like got the idea that he was like, all of a sudden this became a bad player. Like, no, he's still a very good player. If you're top 10, if you're top 10 in two categories as like a, a skill wise for him being defense and passing, like you're not a bad player. Like that's the thing for me. However, I do think that he did take his own draft stock. Not, not, well, not draft stock. I'm so used to just talking about draft <laughs> prospects, but tank his own value by having that bad player performance because that gives them no leverage. I think the Sixers were at fault because of the fact that Daryl Murray thinks he does have leverage in the situation, which he just doesn't. Um, you know, he's trying to play, you know, checkers while everyone else is playing chess, but he needs to be playing chess because everyone else has the leverage right now because his values, because Ben Simmons' values are at an all-time low and Ben Simmons wants out. Uh, I think the person that needs the most, like, sort of blame is thrown on them is Doc Rivers just for the way that he's kind of handled the situation the most. Um, I didn't have a problem at the time with what he said, personally. You know, when they asked him, like, do you think Ben Simmons could be, like, the, the starting point guard and a contender? And he said he didn't know. Like, I didn't mind at the time. I, I honestly thought that question was kind of like unprofessional to ask, like right after a team gets eliminated in a game seven. Um, but, you know, then he won, you know, first take and just was completely shameless at that point. Uh, <laughs> and he made a fool out of himself. And his comments just have been, you know, not really what you would expect. And I think, you know, if I was in Ben Simmons' situation and I saw the head coach of, my team talking about me that way, I would probably want out as well. Uh, so there's a bit of a blame to go around on all sides. But at the same time, I also think that you need to look at the situation. And, you know, I, I just think that there's more blame in certain areas that I just don't think are getting put there outside of like a few people I know. Um, 
I think that, you know, again, Ben's in the right to ask out considering the fact that they were trying to move him before he even asked for a trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it, it becomes a thing like, oh, so it's okay for the team to want to move him, but when he wants out, like, that's the whole thing. Uh, I think he's going to get moved eventually. I think that's inevitable at this point. Yeah, I don't it has know what to boy. Yeah, I don't know what boy at this point. Um, I think only time will tell. Now, if he if he's okay with losing, like sitting out and losing money, like he has to be financially set. I, I hear people say, like, "Oh, why is he why is he willing to sit down and lose like twenty million? I'm like, "Well, he clearly probably has saved a lot of money then if he's willing to do that." Um, yeah. Which is the way is the way I think about it, and he's made a lot of money throughout his career. Uh, made a lot of money, probably playing high school basketball, AAU, college, definitely. Um, even though it was illegal, he was definitely making a lot of money. Uh, he had that whole documentary that came out, and you know, I, I definitely think that again, like players just don't sit out and are willing to understand the financial benefits that they're going to lose if they aren't like set for me. Um, so, you know, I think that it's an odd situation. Uh, definitely compared to some other situations with players like missing games, I, I definitely think it's like the least harmful <laughs> right now. But um, you know, I, I just I just think every there's there's a bit of blame to go around everywhere, I feel. Um and you know, it's just all about the perspective. And I think like the way I talk about it on like Twitter is just based off how I see it that day. Um you know, if it's something like, oh, you know, this person's, this group of people is talking about it one way, I'll probably think, okay, maybe it's a bit unfair to the other sides. And then maybe another group's talking about another side. And then they're, t- they're talking about the others, another side unfairly. It just depends on like what the view is like on Twitter. It seems to change like every day. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, it, it, always in situations like this, and really in situations in life in general, there's really never just one person at fault. <laughs> yeah, it's um, always a multifaceted. It's it, it, it's always it's never as like cut and dry, you know, things like that. So, um, I, I just think everyone needs to be open to the ideas. Like, of, yeah, there's a lot of blame to go around here from all sides of this, uh, and I think the one way they'll resolve this is when they move on from him. So. Uh, and Ben gets a new start somewhere else. He's not a bad player. Um, you know, even if he isn't great in the playoffs, I think if you get him in the right situation, and I'm not saying like, oh, he'd be like this dominant player, but if you get him in a situation where he isn't forced to be the scorer, which, you know, to be fair, when the Sixers drafted Fultz, like that's what they planned, I believe. You know, have Ben be that third guy, uh, and Fultz be that like clear-cut second or third scorer with Embiid. Um, but you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, I think talent wise, Ben was worth the contract he got. You know, it's just about you no know, talent and potential. Mental. Yeah, it's just like, what do you do? Like, with that, you know, how do you contextualize that into a contending thing? I think Ben Simmons can contribute on a contending. I, I don't think that's out of the question completely. For, for me, it's like I would put him in I a think- Lamar Odom kind of role. Which but he, the, he would excel at, and the thing is, like, but when the I said, thing oh, is, does he want that? I think because he does. I think he's completely fine being a defender in the passing. Because uh, when it goes I, back to the um the Jimmy Butler thing, that that's the thing that always comes um, back to me with um with Ben Simmons because it's like 
I do think he can excel in a in a in a specialized role on a on a championship team, but it's like, does he want to play that role? Because like, I remember Jimmy Butler. His his main thing when he was there was that like, he he wanted Ben Simmons to like realize who he was, and Ben Simmons was just not hearing it. And basically, I know there's a lot of different like stories that have come out because of it but like i think jimmy butler basically said that like the team chose ben over him and that's why he decided to just go to miami anyway so it was like things like that just like i think at the time you know even though i think butler like played the best when they run that run ben simmons was like and ben simmons still is like relatively young like he's like what 24 i want to say um you know I, I think, I'm trying to think, what was that, 2019? So that was, what, Ben's second season, I want to say? I like believe second so. Season, yeah. So I think at the time, you know, it was easier to say something like that because Ben Simmons was coming off a rookie year where he should have made the All-Star team. Uh, one of the better rookies, I don't think people talk about like that enough. Like, he had one of the better rookie seasons of, like, the last 10 years. Um, even though he did, like, again, miss, like, his whole, like, what was supposed to be his rookie year. I think mm-hmm. still what he did was very impressive. You know, and then year two, like he rightfully makes the All Star team. I think he was all NBA. I want to say he was all NBA either this year or the year after that. He was uh, all NBA year. um third team in twenty twenty. Okay, so the third year, but he was an all star, you know, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, and twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. So he was an all star. Um and when you have a player that's coming off like an all-star year in the second year, I think you're more inclined to go with that guy. Even though Jimmy Butler is an incredible player, um, I think you do, I think I, I understood why they, they would choose Simmons over him at the time. Just because, again, it's you too. And it's potential it, it, that you're looking yeah. at at that point. I think people need to like understand that. And, you know, only again, like, only time would tell with these things. And you could say the same thing about the Wiggins contract. Mm-hmm. When Wiggins got that contract, he was coming off like a 24 point per game season. <laughs> it made sense to give him that contract at the time. But again, only time would tell of how it would go out. Now, again, I think Ben Simmons' situation and Ben Simmons as a player is much better than Wiggins, um, obviously, because, like, you know, he just affects the game in more areas. He has a more positive impact on winning. Uh, but I do think, again, when you give out a large contract like that, you you never know. And, that, and that's in general. That's not to speak like coming off like a rookie max extension. I look at the Westbrook, you know, remember when they signed to that super long deal? Because I think they thought he was going to stay in OKC for life. And then that just didn't end up working out. Um, so, again, it's always a risk signing like a long-term contract. I think people can look back and say, oh, it's a bad contract. But maybe at the time it wasn't. Like John Wall's contract. That's another one that comes to mind. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, now like coming off like a turn to kill, like turn ACL, all types of stuff. Yeah, it's not looking like a good deal. But, like, you know, when he signed that contract, he was coming off like a 24 and 11 season. <laughs> so, uh, something like that, I want to say. So, like, it made sense. Like, I don't think people, I never did, I don't truly believe there's like really been a contract that's been signed that was like, okay, they're overpaid at the time. It's what happens after they're signed yeah. that leads to them being overpaid. I think there are some examples, like maybe Tobias Harris, but Tobias Harris is still a pretty good player, I would say. Um, and, and with Tobias Harris, it's kind of like you're paying to keep the core as yeah. well that you're you're keeping mm. with him. So you have no choice. But yeah, going back to the the Ben Simmons of it all, um, yeah, I'm with you on it. Like I I feel like bo- both sides are at fault. Um, 
one one big thing for me is like where's Elton Brand and all this and I forgot who else Daryl Morey yes where are those two guys in all of this they have been radio silent for the most part in terms of like media I guess because like I've heard Doc Rivers I've heard um Joel Embiid's side of it and Joel Embiid is just like letting off the clip at this point and and at this point I can't even but the thing him is though it's like, like you just, Embiid, just gonna rip off the band even... at this point. He's not even like the thing for me. It's like when I listen to like Brendan Beat saying he, hey, he's not saying anything wrong, but yeah, I he's think not. The thing is with him is he's not really. He's like throwing people under the bus. Like he throughout those things, he's like he's blaming himself as well. Um, and I think that like that gets mixed. And I think what happens is they take the post that he mentions like Ben Simmons as part of it because those posts probably stand out the most. Because mm-hmm. uh, it is about because Ben Simmons is such a focal point of this offseason and the news around him. But I don't think Embiid really has done anything wrong necessarily. Like when he won that rant at the end of the playoffs, like when they lost to Atlanta, um, you know, he he didn't just mention. Like, I think people like believe like, oh, he just mentioned that Ben Simmons passed up on a lap. He mentioned a lot of things in that interview, including things that were mistakes that he made. Um, and getting well, back to get pointed out because you yeah. know it just doesn't fit the it just it doesn't fit the narrative yeah. that people have because like a lot of people at this point they're kind of tired of hearing about the Sixers and like if they're gonna contend or not and uh, as well as Doc Rivers and it's just like it's it's easier for some people to just lump Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid together and just say like there was no accountability on both their parts. I think there was more there was less accountability on Doc Rivers' part than there was on Joel Embiid's part because of course well, he did. I don't he think t- I'll took, be quite um, honest with you. Like, it's kind of hard to really throw any sort of blame on Embiid when he played the way he did in the playoffs. He had a few bad games, but you also have to remember he was playing hurt. Uh, yeah. You know, like, and again, like, four for 20, like, that's a that's atrocious. And I think he would even tell you that. Mm-hmm. But, like, there were also games where he was incredible and, like, there's a team around him. Like, I don't think, like, people talk enough about the fact that, like, you know, Doc Rivers played, take Milton way too much when he should have been playing, like, someone like Maxi, Like, Sigmund had that, that that great stretch we took over the game. I think I forget what game it was. I want to say it was game two. Um, it was, yeah, it was it was yeah. it was either then, game like, two or game five. One of the home but games. But the game, but the rest of the game, he just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know I like Sigmund. I think he could be a solid rotation guy. But like, you know, you have a young rookie in Maxi, someone that I believe should have been getting more playing time to begin with uh, throughout the year and throughout the playoffs. Um, and you know, like when Maxi played, he flashed like serious, and he showed like. And there were stretches where he looked, he did look like, look like when obviously when Embiid was off the floor uh, when they were playing, but uh, there were stretches like Maxi did look like the best player for the Sixers on the floor. Now, granted, that might be a problem because like you don't really want your rookie being the best guy on the <laughs> yeah. floor, but like you know, that's an encouraging sign. Play him more. Don't play him in consistent minutes. Um, yeah, he probably should have. He he probably should have had a role similar to um, what quickly had on the Knicks um, mm-hmm. during his rookie season, where it's like a spark plug off the bench, and you pair him with like another. You pair you like you pair the two guards instead of just like picking one over the other, like the Knicks did with D Rose yeah. and quickly. They just paired them together. But um, yeah, I this think is going to have a big year too, though, just because again, yeah. Simmons is not going to be there. Um, I I know this is going to, and you know, you're probably not going to like this, and because I still believe like completely my evaluation about Maxi, which obviously means I think he's still going to be like, I think of the, like him and quickly, I, I think he probably has more long-term upside, but I, I think both are going to be great. But, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. The, the Sixers are a mess right now. And, uh, and, and the speaking of- they, I think, 
And, the and speaking of the Sixers, speaking of the Sixers, that, that leads into one of my one of my um second top storylines heading into this season. I guess you can say is what is like the Sixers man. What is their potential? Like, what is their what is their peak if like. Ben Simmons is not here this year and like say say they accept a deal from like Indiana because I heard like an Indiana deal floated on the timeline today about like Brogdon and Levert I doubt it's both of them probably one or the other if it is both of them I think the Sixers are in a really good spot yeah um I I would guess probably more of them moving up Brogdon than Mm -hmm. Levert because Levert's Slightly younger, not too much younger, but slightly younger. Brogdon's older than people think. Like Brogdon's almost thirty, I want to say, because um, he's a, he's he like the same age. Old. Or, yeah, so but he's he's a he's a pretty good player. Yeah. Um, if they get Brogdon, I I think that they can contend for the top three seed and maybe make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I wouldn't take them over Brooklyn, even with the Kyrie situation. I wouldn't take them over Brooklyn. Because I think Harden and KD are just too much threat. offensive firepower. Yeah. And I think, like, I think again, the, you know, you also have to remember, like, they almost won. The Nets almost won with Kyrie out and Harden playing on one leg. Um, yeah. And they could, I think, I think they beat, they beat Atlanta if they make it. And that, and that game came down to, like, Kevin Durant's foot being on the line, <laughs> um, which I, which is kind of wild to think about. But, like, I, I don't think the Sixers are, I think Milwaukee and the, in Brooklyn are like the cream of the crop in this in the East right now. I think it's those two teams at the top. What would that be in the standings? I don't know. But definitely I think those two teams at the top. Uh I think the Sixers are in the same tier as um if they're healthy Miami, which is a big F. Yeah, because um, they're old. They're an older yeah, they're squad. Old. But they if they're healthy though and Bam takes that leap, I think that they're I think they're going to be a team that's going to be much better in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. Like they're going to be one of those teams that, like the three, the second or third, you don't want to face in the first round. Like, mm, yeah, if they get like that, that. Like, 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 anywhere between like three, like nobody wants them in either like that three versus six or the like four versus five. Like nobody wants them in that matchup. Uh, if they're healthy, obviously. Um, I think I because I, like it's so hard to predict the East to be quite honest with you this year. Just because it's like, going to be a dogfight because right. you got because um, I think I think it's like because I think it's again like Brooklyn and Milwaukee are those top two teams. Like I think that's not a really for debate to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. You know, I think well, I I, I have it because it also like fits my narrative for like who I think is going to win MVP. But I think the the, the Bucks are going to have a better regular season. Uh, someone mentioned to me like, "Oh, maybe Giannis would have chill out." I'm like, Giannis doesn't know how to chill out. Um, like <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, doesn't. He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. He, doesn't he goes 110. percent And the thing the is, time. though, what people I don't think people talk about this enough is, you know, I've seen two other all-time great players come off winning titles at their first winning their first title, and they went on to have like one of the best seasons in NBA history: LeBron in 2013 and Steph in 2016. And Giannis um, is about to do something. Yeah, crazy. I think Giannis. Yeah, I think that's why I think Giannis is, and especially because the way he won is, you know, even more impressive than the ways they won, in my opinion. Because like, you know, the way like Steph won, obviously he didn't even win Finals MVP, even though he should have. Um, yeah. Uh, but like, you know, there wasn't really some, anything noticeable. Uh, LeBron, you know, there really wasn't anything too noticeable when he won Finals MVP. He was really good, obviously, but like his iconic moment was like 
in Eastern Conference Finals in that Game Six uh, against Boston. Uh, but like Giannis, like there's just something like the confidence of like having one of the greatest performances in NBA Finals history, arguably the best in Finals history, uh, that can give you know a confidence boost to an all-time great player. And he's definitely someone that's like he doesn't feel like he's finished. Oh, uh, for and that's sure. always the best. He doesn't even yeah. feel like he's like scratched the surface of what he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. So I think he's definitely going to have like an all-time great season, and he's my pick to win MVP personally. Um, so I think them, and then Nets probably second because I think Harden and KD are just both so good. I think KD is going and Harden. I think they're going to like split MVP votes from each other, so that's not going to work too much. Uh, but I think after that, you know, you're still looking. I think the Sixers are probably going to be a third seed if Embiid's like fully healthy, and I think that there's a good enough supporting cast around him, even with Ben Simmons not there, uh, for them to get there. Uh, and then it's really this, like, like you know, Boston, I really like Tatum. I think Brown's going to be pretty good this year, but, like, I don't know what's, like, around them. Uh, you know, I think Indiana is not is a wild card team that could be interesting to watch. I think Miami is another team. Um, the Hawks, the Knicks, they're going to be in the mix, obviously. Hornets, Bulls. Hornets. Bulls are the team I think actually might make that jump to like, the top three seed. Because I think they're going to be insane like if they play Zach Levine off ball the way they have in preseason like that's going to be yeah he's insta- living off he's going to be cuts right now yeah and mind you he had insane efficiency like being a heavy on ball player mm-hmm. <laughs> so now yep. imagine him moving off ball like and he has DeRozan there who's a very good passer by the way see um, my thing my thing with the Bulls because I was super skeptical of them in one of my previous pods is just like I don't I, I, they're super top heavy, which is like also a concern. I think, and like I don't believe in their depth as well as with with Lonzo. Lonzo said he wants to get back to being a traditional point guard, but if you have DeRozan there, I I don't know how that necessarily works. I think he, I think it works in the sense of like because DeRozan like they can probably pass and playmakers, but Lonzo's a good spot up shooter. True, so he can he can spot up. Um, the most interesting player, it's a player that I've been highly critical of in the past, is Kobe White. I think he's mm, finally I totally in his he was ideal. On this team. Yeah. Um, I think he's finally in his ideal role, where he can just come off the bench and get buckets, because that's what he is at, at heart. He's a better passer than I think he gets credit for, and a and better passer than I've given him credit for, definitely, as well. Uh, but, you know, I think he can just come off the bench and give you, like, 13, like, 4-4, four and four, and I think that's pretty valuable. Uh, I always said this, if they're going to keep one of like him and Laurie Markkinen, it was going to be Kobe. It wasn't even close. Um, another player I'm excited to see, I don't know how much his, his offensive role is going to expand necessarily with the additions of you know Lonzo and DeRozan, but I do like the fact that it does likely move him back to his natural position at the four is Patrick Williams. Mm. Um, I'm excited about that. They're, the Bulls are an exciting team, um, and, it, and that's fun because I think you know, like people talk about like the Knicks and it, basketball is good when, when it's like the Lakers, Knicks, and Sultans good. I also think basketball is fun when the Bulls are good as well. Um, they're one. Of, I think people have forgotten like they were one of those like premier teams in the league for so long. Um, yeah, and then even they, when, even with like out like you know the the whole Derek, without Derrick Rose and Michael Jordan, like no, they were like you know like the Butler. I think they were better than people probably want to give them credit for. Um, you know, people forget like in twenty fifteen, you know. They could have gone to the finals that year, like you know. Oh if, yeah, if, that if, was like the the, the, the D Rose, oh, Jimmy Butler and, team. And if they if they noticed that David Black called timeout, like 
when they had none left and got the technical free throw before LeBron could hit that game win three, um, you know, that they maybe they go on and win. <laughs> Who knows? So, you know, they're fun. Atlanta is the team I'm most interested in as far as the East goes. Because they're coming off a surprise run to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll be quite honest with you. I didn't think they were going to be the Knicks. <laughs> um, so, I didn't think so either. I thought it was going to go seven. Uh, but I, def- I think I picked the Knicks because I think it was going to be a battle of home court advantage. And mm-hmm. they won. But uh, obviously, Trey Young's there. Uh, people were all people were talking about the whole like foul baiting rules thing. I don't think it's going to affect his game Me. as much. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to affect his game as much um, because he's a smart player, and smart players find ways around rules. Harden's been doing it for how many years now? Um, that's the way I think about it. Uh, and the thing is, though, like, and I think what always frustrated me frustrated me about his foul being the most was. And it's the same with the Luka, and it's the same with Tony's. They don't need to do it. Like, Yup, exactly. That's my point. You guys are way too gifted, way too skilled. But the thing is, though, I think I, I think it annoyed me. And it annoys me more with Luka and Trey, because Luka and Trey, they kind of was jumping in. Harden, like, I think, like, and this is just me, obviously. He was, he low-key was finding, like, creative ways to hook the arm and stuff like that. It's subtle movements that, like, in real time, you look at, and you're like, whoa, wait, wait, that's unfair. But then you look at, like, slow motion and on replay it's like oh my god this guy's a genius <laughs> like he's always finding new ways and that's something about Harden though like he's always finding like new creative things to do in the offseason and he tries him at full speed it's always one of my favorite things to see like remember like when he tried like the one-legged three uh you see that you see the clip of him at Chris Brickley's gym yeah he's just doing a bunch of crazy stuff like you know like that stuff that video <laughs> <laughs> he's fun. I like I like that stuff though um but for Trey, you know, maybe he takes it. The Hawks, I think, are probably in the contention for the top three seed. Um, I think if Trey makes a jump, I don't think he's like a series MVP candidate, but I think he's going to be like close, like top five maybe, if they do something like that. Um, I still think it's ridiculous that he didn't make an all-NBA team last year. I think he's in the made over Bradley Beal, to be quite honest with you. Um, but that's just me, obviously. Um I think he definitely is in contention for All-Star. I think I don't think he's going to miss an All-Star team again. That's the thing for me. Yeah, last year, I yeah, think last year, last year I think the, the players, year that, players were like, really upset last, with him. Yeah, like, I think it's the last year of him not making the team. Um, because I think, for me, like, I think, like, this is, like, the last year of saying, like, you know, the Sabonis's make make it. Someone gets a bonus, make it. Like, you know, Kyrie probably won't even be eligible this year, mate, based off, like, what's going on with him. Or he may just even retire. Right, yeah. And, that, and people think that's a joke. Like, no, that's like legit. Like, he probably... Yeah, like, like, like that's like, like a legitimate yeah. thing. Like, it's funny at the same time, but, like, it's, like, a legitimate, like, thought that could yeah. really happen. Mm-hmm. So, it's what, actually... The East All-Stars, like, over the next few years is going to be interesting to see because, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I love Jalen Brown. I don't know if he's consistently making All-Star teams uh, moving forward. Yeah, uh, a lot of these that, guys maybe one yeah, times. Like, one times, like... You know, I think Trey's a mainstay as long as, like, the Hawks are a playoff team. Because he's like, if you bring up, like, 27 and 9 every year and your team's good, like, you're going to make it. Yeah. And I think his popularity is going to get better. Then you have someone like Lamelo Ball, whose popularity is, like, through the roof. I think he's probably, like, I would say he's the most popular guard like, outside of, like, Kyrie and Harden in the East. Uh, and I don't think that's hyperbole. And that's, he's one of the most popular than most of these guys when he was 15. <laughs> so. 
Uh, Lamelo's another name, and he's super talented. I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, but it, it's just interesting to see like who's going to make the All Star team, who's not. Because uh, like they're definitely going to be one timers. Um, but we'll see. I'm interested to see uh, who else on the Hawks though takes that leap. Um, mm. Hunter, I was really encouraged by. You know, but he missed I, a lot of a lot time. Of time. Yeah, that's the thing. And it didn't allow for him was, to like okay. really get continuity with yeah. like the the main group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I I was encouraged by what I've seen from Cam Reddish in preseason, but again, it's Cam Reddish. Like you had to kind of like you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> you got to take like, it with one a night he's going to look like one night he's going to look like Paul George and the other night he's not going to look good at all. Um so he's I think that's just going to be who he is. I forget I forget who it was, but someone we were talking about. He has like such a respect around like other young players in the league because he gave them all buckets in like high school and you like Yeah, I, I peeped the videos on yeah. Because like, the they all like they say all they, he's like the Jamal Crawford. I think he's gonna be like this generation's Jamal Crawford, which like he's gonna have like, a, a few solid years of but he's not gonna be in a efficient for the most part. But he's gonna have so much respect from his peers because his game's aesthetically pleasing and like he gave them all buckets in like AAU in high school. So, like, it's like that. Because, like, Jamal Crawford, someone, I, he's a solid, he was a fine player, but, like, he got, he wasn't great or as good as some people try to make him out to be. Yeah, he gets yeah. A, a really great rep from his um uh-huh. his peers. But yeah. um speaking of Cam Reddish, today a quote came out. I don't know if you saw it from The Athletic uh-huh. about um Cam Reddish's, like, trainers, what they've been, like, telling him, basically, this, this well, during this offseason, I guess. And they were saying, like, they've been telling him to have the mentality that um, RJ has, which is, like, yeah. just, like, short-term memory, just go for the next shot no matter what happened, the last possession, et cetera, et cetera. And I, th- I just thought that was interesting because, you know, Knicks fans like myself and Hawks fans, we, we've all been just, like, having a good old debate about which is the better wing prospect and whatnot. And it, so it was just a funny it, little That's interesting because, quote. again, they were on the same high school. They were on the same college team. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Reddish was the unfortunate Duke player that year that, like, really got left out. There's yep. always one when Duke has, like, a big recruiting class that gets left out. Uh, and that would be much better if they played for another program. Uh, Cam Reddish is an example, obviously. Trayvon Duvall's. Uh, if Trayvon Oof. Duvall went to Seton Hall, he would have been a first-round pick. a big one. Yeah, like I, 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 I do. I still believe that. I was a like, big thing for him. Was I always believe if he went to Seton Hall, he would have been a first round pick. Probably. See, we got they would they would have gave him the keys. Uh, Harry Jones is a super unfortunate one. That, that's oh. a whole thing. I'm work. That's that's a whole thing. I'm actually working like on a whole project on. Uh, but I, I, I truly believe it because Jones like he he tore his ACL in high school. He had another serious knee injury. Like that's two big injuries before you even turn eighteen. Um, that's rough and I, I think if he never gets hurt like we talk about I think he's a better prospect than like Paulo Montero is now and mm-hmm. if you know me you know how high I am on Paulo Montero or Boncaro yeah. uh, I should say that's how he pronounces it but um, you know it's Cam was just that unfortunate player that year that kind of got left out a bit uh, Trey Jones yeah. is another one even though Trey Jones I think out of all like, the guys that kind of get like left out um, well, Trey Jones was a part of that class. Now that I think about it, but uh, Cam, I think Cam can still be good. You know, he he just never has been healthy. <laughs> and that, and healthy, he needs a probably more simplified role on the offense because yeah. I think a lot of people are expecting like a lot of people to make have lofty jump. expectations for him. Like, yeah. for example, um, RP three natural on 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 Twitter 
pegs him as the next Tracy McGrady after that playoff performance he had. And it's like, can we I like? I think it was encouraging. I don't think it was T Mac. I think I think yeah, a realistic like expectation for <laughs> I think a, a realistic expectation for Cam Reddish, and it might sound a bit much. I would say. Um, the, I, I kind of think it's a bit much of an expectation because I think when this player was like healthy, he was really, really good. Uh, like, all-star, all-NBA level good. But like Danny Granger, like, don't go straight to the Hall of Fame, but go to someone like, you know, Danny Granger maybe. I don't know. I, yeah, I still Danny Granger like was solid for a couple of years. years. When he he was had injury healthy. problems that yep. just kind of held him back. And then Paul George took over from there. Um, you know, wings do take a bit of time to develop. I think behind big men, they take like the second most time to like really develop. I would say, um, yep. you 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 don't really see a lot of wings just coming to the league and just be good at right to get like Kawhi wasn't like that. Uh, Paul George definitely wasn't like that. Jimmy Butler took a few years. Jalen Brown was not good out the gate. I would say. Um, you just now see an RJ just sort of hit his yeah. stride. So it's like it takes. Well, OJ, a I think years. had a bit more. I think OJ had better counting stats than a lot of those guys did. But he also yeah. got more opportunity. Um, Trying to think of anyone else that comes to mind, uh, even like rookies like Okoro and Williams, like and Pat Will. Like I think they were much better than their stats suggest. Uh, and I think the same thing's going to happen with guys like Scotty Barnes as well. Where it's just like they're not going to put great stats as a rookie, but they'll slowly improve those stats and be worth what they were projected to be at that pick. So speaking of Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett and all the Duke guys. Um, one of my other top storylines or headlines or whatever we want to call these heading into this season is the Zion Williamson situation. Of course, there's been going back to like, I think even like during last year's playoffs, there was like articles from the athletic popping up about Zion, his family, them talking with David Griffin, them basically letting the front office know that they don't want Zion there. They basically never wanted him there. As we all saw on draft lottery night, he was very disappointed to see New York drop to number to number three. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Zion situation is very interesting just because like he is always coming to shape, going coming to camp out of shape, and there's Which always a new injury. And it's wild to think injury. about because then I watch him play. He averages twenty seven like, a game. And jumps out the gym. (laughs) And has insane efficiency as well. So that's the thing for me that never quite makes sense. Like I understand that maybe he weighs a bit too much, things like that. Like two eighty five is a lot. But like the way I think about it is like, well, we don't know him personally. Like we're not his like physician. Um, so we don't know what his like comfortable playing weight is. Only he really knows that. Like maybe he's just comfortable playing at two eighty five and isn't as comfortable playing at a lower weight. I don't know. Um, But the thing thing is he goes out and he gets results. He gets results. Though. That's is the, the thing. injuries too? The injuries may. Be, I don't like, know about may, the injuries though. Well, the I'm Nick trying to say they're related, but like, it's like I think it, he did mention some of like adding a mid range game, taking more floaters, things like that. I think I wonder God if that's bless too. the jumbotrons <laughs> up there in New Orleans with those floaters. And the and thing is, the weird thing is, that I think he can translate. Like, all jokes aside, I think he can translate because he has great touch. Like. He, he does. He, I don't think people understand like just how good of a basketball player he is. Like, because like everything is so highlighted by the power and the athleticism and the dunks. Now, like, no, he's he he's a great ball handler. You know, he's a he has good passing feel. Um, you know, he he finishes well. He has good body control around the basket. He has great touch around the basket. He even slightly improved as a as a free throw shooter, I would say. And he's not afraid to take open shots either. 
Um, he's a much more complete basketball player than people will give him credit for. Um, and and like, I, I always say, I don't know if I'll ever see anything like it again. Yeah, you know, he's built like a like a he's built like a defensive like, end again, and just like his bodies, people, and they know it's coming, and they can't do so, nothing. About I saw it. Boston try to triple team him, and it didn't work. <laughs> and it didn't. I've seen multiple teams throw triple teams, and it doesn't work. Uh, it it it's it, it's weird. Cause it, it's kind of like Giannis to a certain extent. I think Giannis is a better player, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I I just don't think. I, and again, I them talking. Like they don't want him in New Orleans. Um, I don't think he needs a big market because he already was popular no matter where he was going to go. Yeah, because um, I think people don't understand now that you don't really need a big market entering the league anymore. You don't need to go to one anymore because you can build your market up like before you get there through social media and yeah. whatnot. Josh Christie was one of the most popular basketball players. He was the twenty third pick in I think he was twenty third or twenty fourth pick in the draft, and he was one of the most popular players entering the league. And that's why building up your brand, you know. Yep. RJ had like a million. I think RJ had like a million followers entering the league. Lamelo, well, that that Lamelo's an outlier, obviously, because like he was popular since he was like fifteen. But um, you know, guys build up their brands before they get into the league. Anthony Edwards is like one of the most popular young guys in the league, and he plays in Minnesota. <laughs> yep. But like, I think I think with Zion and his desire to not be in New Orleans has to do with like. Outlier, not outlier, but I think it has to do with the front affairs. Office. Yeah, the front office is bad. Like David Griffin just is a complete buffoon and does not. know I what do he's like doing. what they did. I do like the off season though. I don't think that Devontae the off season was. I don't think okay. Devontae Gramson was an upgrade necessarily over Lonzo, but I think he's a good fit next to Zion. Giving up a this first is, round pick for him though that was very, that was very was questionable in, of New Orleans. Didn't they I get one? That. I, I want to say they got something in return from that deal that they did with Memphis. I don't remember necessarily. I love, um, I love, I love moved, the trade. Wait, Murphy no, they moved though. back. But yeah, they moved back to get Trey Murphy. I do Murphy. like that pick. I love that. I wanted pick. him I on the Knicks be, for for quite a bit, but um, that I um, I like that one pick because I thought like, if they're going to pick ten, I thought they were going to take Moses Moody. Moses Moody is a very good prospect. I'm surprised. He, I think a medical reason he fell to fourteen, but. Um, you know, I think Trey Murphy was a great fit for them. Uh, and then you look at you know, I I, I think Devonta Graham's a good fit, even if I don't think it's an upgrade. And Valanciunas too. I like Valanciunas is a good player as well. Um, he carried the offense for um, Memphis, at, Memphis times at times during last year. Yeah. So I think that him him next to um Williamson offers like better spacing because not he, only he can stretch the floor a bit. He can hit yeah, a he can stretch midi. the floor, hit the hit the middies, hit the threes, and like like uh, I said, like even if Zion's like off the floor, their offense won't like really completely die because like he can. Carry I also it for hope some they stretches. start. I also hope they start Nikhil Alexander Walker at the two because the yep. role they play him when he starts is as like a off off ball shooty, and he was awesome in that role when he got to start. Uh, did, you, did you see the interview that Stan Van Gundy did? Like, I was well, just about to bring up about how he said. Like, so, so why didn't you start him? Like, <laughs> if you knew that he was good in this role as a starter, why didn't you just start him? Uh, and that's why Stan is hope, not a coach one anymore. One thing I do like <laughs> is they have good point guard depth, like almost too good. Because I think Thomas Sodoransky is a good backup point guard. I forgot and, they had him. But yeah, he's a solid uh, and I, I, The one thing I, I'm worried about is like how many minutes is Kyrie Gould going to get? Because I think Kyrie Gould has a lot of potential. 
but you're not going to get that if you don't play him. Who's the coach down there again? I forget. Oh my gosh, I don't. Th- wow, that's that's a total blank on me too. Like I just totally forgot who they. I don't know, hired. but we'll see how that works out in the season, though. I think Ingram's a good player. Um, he he gained a lot of weight. I feel like Willie Green. There we go. So we'll have to see how he does. Like I always wait to judge coaches until I actually see him play in the regular. How they coach in the regular season, obviously. Yep. Um, I like Brandon Ingram. I think Brandon Ingram's like pretty, pretty good. I think. He's a polarizing player. Some people think he's really good. Some people just think he's bad. I don't know why. Like, if you can put up 24 and decent efficiency in the league, like you're, you're a good player. Um, I wonder, though, because of his fit with Zion, would they try yeah. to move on? Because Ingram can, Ingram can get you value because he's a very he good player. Uh, and maybe you can get something that fits better next to Zion. Uh, England, one thing I will say, he added a lot of weight this offseason, it looks like. Yeah, he like, He did. looks like he's in the best shape of his life. And people forget, like, when he was, like, in a high school, he was, like... Rail like, thin. Con- like, concerningly thin. Like, 160 at, like, 6'7". Yeah. Which was, like... That's ooh. insane. But, uh, but he, uh, never, um, he never shied away from contact, which I also give him credit for. He never was afraid of contact in high school. Despite being, like, rail thin, he never shied away from it. Uh, and that speaks to, like... I believe his mentality as a player, like he's a t- he's a tough player. That I think he gets credit for. It. Like, so so, do you think this year is like a make or break season for Zion and Ingram, or like do you think it's I a make think, or break season for I think Zion it's a and New Orleans or, in general? I think it might be like a make or break. I don't think it's a make. I think next year would be year four would be okay. Because um, this is really going to be like his second. Like he, it's really his second season. He's going into now. His, like when you think about it, because he really didn't play a lot his rookie year, even though he was he was incredible when he did play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it should be interesting to see how that works out. Um, so because like I I'm 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 one person that thinks like I really believe Zion could end up being one of the first people to take that qualifying offer and like really just like. Oh no! I, I I've talked to other people that think that as well. Uh, I want I, I to check something real quick. But yeah, ask. while you check that out, I, I just wanted to say like, like I would not be shocked, and I would actually be hysterical okay. if he took the qualifying offer because like, Josh Hurt, Josh Hurt's still there. Um, yeah, I, he's still I, there. Yeah, he is. I don't know. I I don't know why I thought he got moved. It, the reason why you think that is because he signed like he resigned super late into free agency because like he I, I don't know what they were waiting for, but like it was a long I think they were waiting for all the trades to process and whatnot, all the signing mm-hmm. trades to process. And like once they finally did that, they finally resigned him, I guess, to like resign him over the cap or whatever, because, you know, he he's an excellent rebounder, by the way. Um, crazy good rebounder. Re- for, re- for he has like eight card. rebounds per game. Like that's that's. In like under thirty minutes for eight rebounds a game for a guard, like that's pretty good. Um, you know, I I think he's a good he's gonna be a key contributor for a while. I like I like Josh Hart. Um, I definitely think that he he has a place in this league for a long time. Like guys like that, like that rebound oh, play sure. defense and two threes, like those guys last forever. That's like PJ Tucker, sort of, but like kind of, but a little bit better maybe. I think he's a better offensive player than PJ is yeah. personally. Um. Yeah, but New Orleans, that's another situation that's just inter- interesting. Cause I don't know, like, they may not make the playoffs in the West, and that might just be okay, because the West is, like, a bloodbath. Super deep, yeah. 
Um, like someone like Zion could like just use that as an excuse, like, oh, they never made the playoffs while I was here. Let me try to get out of here. And you know, these players they like to look for these type of things that can like just like spark whatever they need to do to give them justification. It wouldn't shock me if you did. He didn't take that qualifying offer. But the thing is, I don't know if it would be to go to a big market. It, it's unlikely because I, I don't think like money-wise it would work, obviously. But if he, I, it wouldn't shock me if he like, tried to force a way to like, Memphis to play with his buddy, Ja. Like, th- something like that. I think it's more about like playing with who you want now than it is like going to a big market. Oh, I, then... Whew, New York is set. We got his buddy yeah. RJ here, yeah. and like every time he talks about the garden, he's like blushing and whatnot. Like this dude, I don't know. I, I, I think there's money like, he is like, like you have to take a places. huge pay cut. Yeah. But like, but, but the thing is, though, he can make that back in endorsement. Like he can. Make that's that back exactly in what I said to a whole bunch of other people. That are like, oh, he's losing on generational money. It's like, have you seen his Jordan contract when he first came into the league? Oh, yeah. Like, He's on like Gatorade commercials and whatnot. Like this dude is like set for life with cash. Like I think yeah. he'll be good passing up on like the rookie max extension if he really wants to get out of New Orleans. And that's not out of the that, that's not out of the question. And I mean, like you said, probably next year's the make or break year. But like with all the articles and all the stories that have been coming out, just like the last, just within the last calendar year, I want to say, or just like even within the last six months. That's that's really concerning if I'm a New Orleans Pelicans fan because like he's really putting pressure on the front office to do something, and David Griffin is just not that guy, <laughs> to me at least. Yeah. So. Yeah, David Griffin's not that guy. I'll, I'll he's that. not. <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Um, you know, it, it's interesting though because how many how many national TV games did the Pelicans get? Oh, the Pelicans game this year. I think, think it's decent, I think they're getting. I think it, it's it's definitely down from last year, but I definitely think they might get a decent amount. And you're gonna get like Memphis fans complaining, and then they're gonna complain about it, and then Memphis is gonna get their ass kicked by Pel- the Pelicans again because like that's just how this works at this point. Like I don't think Memphis has won a game against New Orleans in a while. Like, but remember, I, I I'm excited for Memphis though, personally. And of all the teams in the West, I would say Memphis. Is probably the team I'm most excited about. And why is that? Is it like Jaron Jackson Jr.? Jaron like... Jackson Jr. coming back. It's his first healthy offseason. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he's going to be good. I was very He looks like he put on it, some like muscle this offseason yeah. as well. I was very encouraged by what I saw from John Moran in the playoffs. The way he took over. Like, that's what superstars do. Like, I have an anti-jaw agenda, but like... He he did he, perform pretty well. In that yeah, he does tweet like just an LA boy, but he does tweet like that. But like he, I I can't stand his Twitter. But like, yeah, the way yeah. he the way he played, like, and he has that instinct in him. Like he has that kind of mentality to him that like, I, he just can't take. Like the ability, like the games in my hands. Like I'm going. It's it's me or no one else. Like I think I think the one thing that, that does have to improve with him, besides the the, the obvious like the jump shooting concerns, is. Decision making. I, I think have... that, but like at the same time, you know, that's just going to happen when you're young. True. Like, true. Like, I saw, I, plays, he's the first like the there's thing some is plays like, where like he's going for like self alley oops in like crunch time. It's like, dude, like Grayson Allen was wide open for a three to win the game. Like, you didn't have to do that, <laughs> man. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. Yeah. And, I, and that was a specific. Yeah, I remember, like, 
Like that specific instance, they played. I think it was the Nuggets, and like he went up for like a self alley oop over like three people, and like Grayson Allen was like wide open. I was like, dude, you could have just like won the game right there with a pass. But I, I mean, I guess you want the flair though, of ja, the moment. So, but I think for Jai, like people talk about, oh, the injury concerns, like the way, the way, which by the way, the way he lands does like seriously concern me. Oh yeah, um, it's very scary. But I think like people compare it to like you know like Derrick Rose, and I'm like the difference is though, John Morant is like. One of the most gifted passers entering the league we've probably seen in a few years. So he and he has translatable skills to like to the point where say he doesn't he loses a bit of that athleticism. He's still gonna be an elite passer. Like you know, things like that. Um I think the other approach of his game is probably gonna be coming around. He he's improved as a free throw uh getting to the line more, which I was encouraged by. Uh, and it's not like he does like ticky tack foul stuff either. Um you know, it's just slashing and trying to finish. And, you know, when you have a gifted finisher like John Morant, you know, you're going to foul him every once in a while. Um, so I was encouraged by that. Uh, and considering the fact that, you know, he was playing hurt throughout the year, you know, I think he made some improvements I was encouraged by. But I definitely think Jaron Jackson has a big part to do with this. Um, for me, hopefully wanted- they fix Brandon Clark's right. poor jumper. I'm interested in long-term in how to develop Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams has so much potential. Um, and the thing is, I, guess I, I saw him play in person at summer. Like, he's a legit 6'10". Um, wow. You know, he's a legit, like, it's not like 6'9 and a half, or like 6'9 like and one-third. With, like, yeah. shoes. He's a legit. Well, I think you should probably measure players like when they wear shoes anyway, because you're not playing the game without shoes on. So. Yeah. That's the way yeah, I think. I never about understood it. why they do that measurement anyway, but yeah. But uh he's a legit six ten. Or at least like at, at the very it's like six nine and three fours. Like that's like that's the like, he's a legit and like the skills he has, it's just about putting it together. I don't think he's gonna be good as a rookie. Rookies aren't usually good to begin with. Um and rookie wings to yeah. to to be fair too. Yeah. Uh but I think he can he'll he'll flash throughout the year. Uh I like I love that pick for them. Because I think long term that can be like a third guy for them. Uh so we'll see how that works out. Memphis. I think the other team in the West I'm interested in. Uh, mainly because I, I was gonna say the Mavericks, but that's only because of Luca. Like I will always watch the Mavericks just to watch Luca play, like, to be quite honest with you. Um oh, I, I be hate watching them. Yeah. But it's like well, I understand why, but I, I understand why. <laughs> But like no, like any time you get a chance to watch someone like Luca, you get you you take that chance. You oh take yeah, that for opportunity. sure. He's, right? he's, he's, in crunch time, you yeah. hey, you never know when them when when one of those when deep knows, step back threes is just gonna hit, or when he like just flings it at the basket and it goes in at the basket like he did to Memphis. Yeah, I remember he did. He he got the ball and they were down like I want to say two uh, against Boston, and he gets the ball and he goes down. I think it was Naismith, and I want to say Brown. They jump. As he takes a three, in the moment of voice, like, well, there it goes. Like, there's the game. Like, we lost. We just lost. <laughs> like, wow. the moment he, he, and the thing is, he got slightly better as a three point shooter, um, which is weird because like, I never really cared about, I, I never really cared about his three point percentage because, like, his percentage yeah, is bad because, like, he takes, he takes bad horrible but threes. But, like, then again, it's like he's also just going to take a bunch of step back threes and, like, they're going to go in eventually. Like, and then, like, so it's interesting to see how they're going to build around him this upcoming year. Um, 
But then again, like watching the Mavericks, that's only because of Luca. Like that's the only reason I watch. It's yeah, like there's the, not much. It's, else. Like the, it's like the Blazers. It's like I I only really will watch the Blazers for Dame. Yeah, there's or, nothing or, else or the much Warriors, encouraging around them. Like, or the Warriors, like I'm I'm only watching them for Steph really. Even with Clay coming back, it's like I'm really only watching them for Steph. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, the West, like I think, the teams that like are interesting like, as an overall team, like I just don't like them. Like I don't like the Lakers. Obviously, it's a Celtics fan. Um, I feel you. I'm a Knicks fan, but like I don't really like the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers. Um, Utah. I like Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell's a good player, but I don't really mess boy. with anyone. It's gotta yeah. go. I, I like I like him. I like Clark, I like not not Rudy. Obviously, I like Mitchell. I like uh, Clarkson. Somewhat like. Conway, he's kind of corny now, but like, uh, the the, the whole pity all star appearance guy that that kind of bothers me. That's a gun to like say goes out. That's a gun to say or something like that. Um, and Jared Butler, who they I was just got. about to say, he's yeah. gonna probably yeah. pop for them this year because yeah. he's showing he, some the, the people always really people great have, people have asked me like, why did he fall to the second round? But we had a heart condition, so yeah, like. Health like, conditions it, really it, drop your stock exactly. tremendously, like, especially one. It, it's unfortunate, like but like people. Someone asked me, it's like people were mad. I have a Sixers fans they're mad that they took Springer over him. Like, well, hey, I, I had Springer as a better prospect than Butler by a lot. Uh, but I Butler probably him helps him them better in the immediate winning now. But at the same time, though, like teams are scared away by medical issues in the yep. first round because first rounds are guaranteed contracts, no matter yeah. what, and. Do you want to give a guaranteed contract to a guy that has a heart condition? And it sucks for him because he lost out on a lot of money because of that. Yeah. Uh, so, but he, he looks like he'll really pop off in in Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Like, I think he's going to prove like maybe he's going to hire because like and again, even with the Melko situation, I thought he was a better prospect than Davion Mitchell. Um, so speaking. did I. Uh, no, I'm excited for. I think Sweet Cooper had a had some fun moments. In his preseason game, do you see the LUP through the John yep. Collins? Like that brought the house down. Like that's one of those ones I wish the Hornets announcer was calling it. Oh, he would have lost his mind. <laughs> I think because Cooper's in a two way, so like he's going to spend time in the two, which is going to be fun because I think he might get to play like ignite play against ignite, which would be fun. Um, I I still maintain that he was a steal. Like, maybe not. I think the Knicks, like, I know some Knicks fans wanted him, but, like, I think you find with Grimes and uh, Deuce and McBride. McBride. I love those guys. But, you know, the way, the way a talent like Cooper fall to 48, like, that that still blows my mind. Because, like, yeah, my guy I Chris top, wanted to I get Cooper. 10, I had a top 10 grade on Cooper because there's just so many things you can't teach. Like, the handle he had, the feel for the game, the passing, all that stuff. And there were were promising indicators with his suiting. He got to the line, like, at an absurd rate for a small guard in the SEC. And he shot well from the line. And he was tweaking his form as well, which was the big problem to begin with. So, there was enough promising indicators with him there, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. I I always will hope on, like, when I say, like, a prospect that I'm super high on this ball way further than they said. I understood why Springer fell. Um, I don't and why agree was with that? that. Um, you know, there were, he is kind of limited on offense, I would say, like based on what, what we've seen. And you really have to believe in his pre-college stuff, which is hard for NBA teams to do. I understand oh, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a what have you yeah. done for me lately type of thing. Yeah. 
Uh, I understand that. I always value, and I think it's why I'll always be higher on certain players than most, is I value uh, pre-called samples way more than most do. Because I think it's important because like a small sample size isn't the only thing you use. You have to use a whole body of work. What can they do? This and that. Tyrese Maxey, for example, like he would have gone way higher if he went to a better situation because Kentucky put him in a role that he just wasn't used to and it was hard for him to adjust. Um, but like when his high school sample is like indicative of what he's shown in the league. So I always preach that like you don't have to completely take it as far as I do, but like I think it's important. It's like you couldn't just look at Cade averaging like three assists per game in college and say he's not a good passer when he's shown that yeah. at the previous levels he's a special passer, like you know, things like that. But you know, I, I just don't know why Cooper fell. Uh I think he probably would have gone higher if he played the whole year. He was held out of games early on for a stupid academic reason. Oh yeah, Pretend I remember it was like happened. because like it was like because isn't this like isn't his dad like an agent or something? So like yeah, something like that. And his yeah, it was connected to him or whatever. But okay. yeah, and he, he, he comes from a family that is very well off, and they probably thought well that he off, was yeah. getting paid. And under you the know, table his sister, his sisters in the WNBA. Yeah, so you know, Taya Cooper's she's actually really good uh, for for the LSU NCAA, NCAA though. So you know yeah. how they go. But um, Cooper before we get good. into before we get into um, I guess the last storyline, which has really dominated the off season, that in a way that I didn't really anticipate. I do, I I do got to sneak in um some Knicks for one of my top storylines because you know they do employ two of your former players, the Celtics mm-hmm. used to have with um Kemba yeah. Walker and Fournier. And you know, I've 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 been seeing on the timeline. You know, Celtics fans, Knicks fans, they've been into some you know discussions about like, I oh, just it. I just, I just, <laughs> oh, I just keep like, it moving. I just talk about Attack on Titan and you know, Avatar <laughs> and keep it moving. I'm but not yeah, like this debate today. I said what I said. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of discussion about you know like what is Kemba and Fournier gonna do for the Knicks that they couldn't have done for the Celtics. And you know, Celtics they have like. Better younger players with Tatum and Brown as opposed to so, Julius Randle and, and, and Barrett. I think it's interesting because I think Randle's better than Jalen. He's not better than Tatum because Tatum's like borderline. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely think the I think both Tatum and Brown are better than OJ right now. We'll just don't slide to OJ because like Tatum's like, again, borderline top 10. And I think Jalen's definitely in that 30 to 40 conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what they're going to do because for me, it's about health. <laughs> Yep, that, was that big is a thing. major factor. That's the big thing. But um, like, and Kemba, what, the thing is though, when he was good, he was good. Like he had moments in the bubble, he was awesome. Yeah, um, I remember those moments. But, but like, when he's bad, he was infuriating to watch because he just smiled all the time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he, look, he's, we he's were blowing like a twenty-six point lead. We were blowing a twenty-six point lead to the power Pelicans, and he was smiling the whole time. I swear. <laughs> and it made me so mad. I, I'm surprised my Twitter account didn't get suspended that day. Um, but yeah, my rebuttal to what like most Celtics fans um, say is like, first, he was on a max with you guys. So like, yeah. he, he oh, was yeah. expected to do way more. And Which like, to be fair, he deserved it at the time. He was coming off like the best season of his career. When we gave him that True, contract. very true. Charlotte didn't want to pay him. He super max because he was eligible for the super max that year. And Charlotte didn't want to give it to him. Really which they probably start off to be quite honest with you if they want. Actually, no, 
they probably shouldn't have because then they probably wouldn't have gotten Lamelo. Yeah. Um, who's a much better player? He's going to be a much better player in my opinion. Um, so for me, Kemba when he plays is fine. He can pass. He's a decent passer. Good score. Fournier, like even when he would, I think it was that that was definitely a lot of like he was just getting hurt because when he played he was fine. Um, and didn't he and have COVID when he so, got to L two? Yeah, he did. So, so yeah, that, when he played, that, he that's fine. Because first he's um, adjusting to a new team, a new city, all that, and then he gets COVID, and then he has to come back for playoffs, and it's just like I think everyone on the Brooklyn. Celtics got COVID. I I, I swear, I, a majority of the Celtics, Tatum got it. I know Tatum definitely got it because there were moments when he came back from COVID that like he just did not look the same, and it was a struggle for him. Yeah, um, and that takes a toll. He would have been your all body. NBA. He would have been all NBA if he probably didn't get COVID. Um, yeah, he, for sure. But it, yeah, it, like, affected, it didn't affect Smart as much because Smart's just a psychopath. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there can be good additions in range residency because, like, in, in a way, Kemba quickly and Rose were all kind of similar score for his guards. Yep. <laughs> so it's interesting to see how that works. Fournier is a plug and play player. Right? I definitely think you could play him like just about any system and he would work. And the thing uh, and, is, and, and the thing is, with the context of the Knicks, I think a lot of Celtics fans ignore who they're replacing from last year's Knicks team. They're replacing Alfred Payton, who's probably like not even qualified to start overseas, and like Reggie Bullock, who is like a decent player, but he's a bench player at best and should not be a starter as well. So when you take into context those two guys they're replacing and like what production they can give you for the value that we got them for. I think mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's a no brainer and it's like, well, I mean, yeah. And you had to get, cause like if you didn't get those guys, you're going to have to play like Kevin Knox. And ugh, no one wants don't to even do get me that. started on that. Don't even get me started um, on Kevin Knox. You know, um, you know, the Knicks are funny. I, I, lo- I liked OJ in high school. I didn't think, I never liked the idea. I think by, th- by those senior years, like I didn't agree with him being made to head of Zion because Zion was dominating everything in his path um but i liked oj he was good cut number two for me um you know randall the, the way he bounced back was awesome uh quickly has been a pleasant surprise as well uh, i do you guys still have Nerlens? i want to say yeah we did get Nerlens back we got I like Nerlens. Nerlens. That, that's a Mitch. that's a massachusetts native massachusetts native i love i love Nerlens. i like one of the few guys to come from massachusetts like they make it um that's dope yeah, uh, he's from, I, I, I want to say like Jamaica Plain, which is like outside of Boston, I want to say, or something okay. like that. Um, i trying to think, you know, I, I think that they're a fun team. This and year. we're getting Mitch back I this have, year, so. Yeah, I, I have my reserves about Derek Rose. I'm not going to get into it, obviously. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, Um. you know, that's a, that, that, that's a whole touchy subject that we don't. No one really wants to talk about. To be quite yeah, honest with you. but I mean, like um, basketball wise, basketball wise, what he could provide for the team is just basketball like, wise. He's a good player, but it's, it's it's kind of hard to acknowledge it just based on what you know. Which I understand. Like people feel certain ways about things like that, uh, mm-hmm. and you know you can't really do anything about it. Like people yeah. are just going to feel the way they are. So I I just choose to like I, I just to anything like that. I just kind of choose to ignore talking about it. Yeah, uh, but player wise, yeah, definitely he's. He's good. I will admit that. And then we brought back. I mean, uh, the major thing for us also is as well as like, um, a lot of us in the fan base have been talking about continuity is an important thing because you see teams yeah, like you Utah. Got, I think you finally get a good, you get a good head coach back for the first time. Like, 
Right. Yeah, and like Utah, you see Utah brings back the same core every year, and like look at that, they became the one seed. And I'm not saying we're gonna be like the one seed or anything, but like having continuity, I think matters in this league because it it takes team it takes time for teams to adjust. Like look at the Lakers, they got like basically a whole new roster mm-hmm. besides AD and Braun, yeah. and like they have but to like they make it work though because it's they're AD and, and they know their role. Yeah, and they know why they're there. Like, yep, exactly. You know, but, like, it still and, takes time you know, for those like guys Celtics, to adjust. Yeah, like, the Celtics, I think they're going to be better this year than people think. Just because, that's, you know, even though they lost Kemba, like, and they brought in, like, you know, Schroeder, obviously. But they bring back Al, who's a familiar name. And mm-hmm. the core players that are still there, they love Al. They were so excited when Al came back. I think he can still contribute. But, like, it's maybe, gotta be not, limited. So maybe it's going to be limited, but he still can contribute. He's still a solid player. Mm-hmm. They decided him to go to Cancun. Um, like midway through the season, I don't know how OKC got away with that one. Oh um, my! Don't even get me started on OKC getting away with like blatant tanking. I thank God they only got to six. Like six. I would have been but so. They got to get a player. They got to get a player there. I, I did not expect them. I did not expect them to take Giddy at all. I would have taken him at six. I would have taken him at five to be quite honest with you. I liked him more than like Jalen Suggs. Um, which might be a hot take. I don't know, but um, you know. You know, I think he's gonna be a fun player next to SGA. But they have an I they have next year's pick. Uh I think the, don't they get Houston's pick or something like that if it falls out of a certain range? I don't remember. Yeah, um, I don't remember all the protections because it was it was a whole but bunch they have of a lot of first round them, picks. But yeah. I, I, I think OKC has developed, has gotten a lot of talent, but they just I don't know how they fit together. Like I like Trey Man. Don't know how he fits. Poku's fun, but he kinda sucks. Like <laughs> that's the best way you can put it. Yeah, that that is the best way you could put it. But yeah, they got a lot of pieces. They just need to make them fit, or they gotta like move some pieces around to make it fit. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. all part of like that initial rebuilding I'm excited process. For, but speaking of like Houston, though, like I'm excited for that team. That team's gonna be fun. I don't know how him and K- I don't know how Green and KPJ are gonna fit, but both of them are exciting players to watch. Like Green's gonna do some things his rookie year. They're gonna like blow people away because he's just so gifted um and Kristen Wood's really good as well I I think that people kind of forget about him but uh you know I definitely think this is a year though like even the bad teams are gonna be fun to watch yeah for the first time in a while the Pistons are gonna be fun to watch I don't think they're gonna be good but they're gonna be fun um I think like hell even Sacramento the FDA and Fox like that's a fun player to watch yeah you know Shout out Tyrese Halliburton. That's a guy. That's a fun guy. Like, he seems like a really chill dude, but, you know, that's the best part about basketball is when like, even the bad teams, like, all, like, when a majority of the teams, good or bad, are fun to watch. And that's all I want. Like, you can tank, but at least make it look fun. Facts. Like, just don't be, like, throwing out, like, uh, that's why I was so happy the Pistons men. got, that's why I was so happy the Pistons got the first pick. Because they did it the right way. They, we're competitive against good teams, oddly. Yeah. They gave the Celtics a run for their money. They were giving they were giving good teams. Like they were giving they put they took the Lakers to like OT. And they yeah, I and when they that. had LeBron and AD. Uh they and like, you know, they did it the right way. They didn't they they tried to be competitive, but they knew they were bad. And they were rewarded for that with, you know, the first pack. And they got the hopefully franchise play. Um so Yep. So last last topic. Like I said, I didn't expect it to dominate the NBA news cycle the way it has. 
But NBA players' vaccination status. I feel like that's mm-hmm. the one thing we haven't talked about on today's episode. Yeah. But um, much has been made about, I think, especially because like players that are in the markets that don't have the mandates, like Bradley Beal, MPJ, Jonathan Isaac, they've been talked about a little bit, but they haven't been like yeah. really the um, main topic. I will topic say of, this. It wouldn't shock me if Beal got it because out of all of them, he seems to be the least like religiously connected for reasons. So it mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me for that. I don't think he will. But I, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, we've kind of heard his wife's I stance will, on it yeah. already. So, like, that's hard to say. But I will say that I don't think MPJ is ever going to get it. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like he's not. I don't think Andrew Isaac's going to get it. It wouldn't. It, oddly enough, it wouldn't shock me if Kyrie got it. But it also wouldn't shock me. Like it's not much about like I think he's going to get it or not. I just don't know what Kyrie's going to do because like he could get it. Could and we don't know why Kyrie want doesn't want to get it. Too. He could want to, but he could want to get it. He could not want to get it. like. There's just so many things going on with him. Like I don't even like. I don't really even get a grasp of like what his stance is. See, with like it. Wiggins, that's the thing because like I I just don't get it. I can't get good stance. I I just can't get a gauge what his stance is. And that's the like, way he likes Isaac, it. Because <laughs> Isaac. You can you know what his stance is. He's writing a book about it. No one's gonna read it. Um, He's writing a book. See, I didn't even know he was writing a book. See, that's, book. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. Like a bunch of us, like niece, like NBA guys, like we were talking about. Like we were like we were sending like the Mike Tomlin. We do not care. <laughs> like thing. Like we were saying, like no, no one's gonna read that thing. MPJ, we. It's very clear why. I think Beal is mostly clear why. Um. But Kyrie, Wiggins, I just don't know. we found out why he's scared of Tylenol, so that's the reason why he didn't get it. <laughs> Wiggins is the most hilarious because, like, he's gonna. Get it. <laughs> I know he's gonna get it eventually. He did get it because because you want to know why he's he got it. He got it. Yeah, he like, got you it. You want to know why? I I don't think it, there's a good chance Kyrie just retires is because Kyrie is on his second contract. He's this is, this is like his second like relatively big money contract. I know $18 million doesn't seem like a lot, but at the time when he got it, that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got his like max contract now. Wiggins still hasn't gotten that second contract yet. And he can definitely trick some stupid team into giving him that money. And I think he knows that. <laughs> yeah. So, if, he, if he scores a good amount and like and he's, he contributes. It's kind of funny that all of this came on the heels of like by far the best year of his career. It was actually pretty decent. Um, you know, like it was like eighteen, like five and like three on decent efficiency, like quite good defense, like the best defense of his career. Yeah, he was getting uh, like uh, people screaming for all defensive team for mm-hmm. him for most of the year. So no, and it was like he was like legitimately like pretty good that year, uh, until the playoffs, obviously, until the playing obviously, and then he kind of faded. Him away. and Draymond, him and Draymond, uh, <laughs> they were playing for the other team. They just didn't know it. Well, Draymond knew it. Dr- Draymond knew it. Oh, for Draymond sure. Draymond definitely knew who he was playing for the other team. <laughs> but um, you know, I understood. I know why he got it. Uh, it was obvious. I he was gonna get it. I I'm like, I, if any of them were gonna fold, it was gonna be Wiggins. Oh, for and sure. I, Wiggins uh, is like always like top five candidate to fold in any situation. Like. Um, but Kyrie, I, I just don't know. Like, 
I don't even know, like, if he's anti-vax or not. Like, if it's just about his personal information, not wanting to get out. Like, for all we know, he could have gotten vaccinated and he just didn't tell anyone. <laughs> like, yeah, and, but and, like, and I kind of like so say that as a joke. It's like, and I kind of say that as a joke, but kind of seriously, it wouldn't shock me if he did that. Like, yeah, like nothing shocks me with him anymore. Like. It's just like, oh, he and did that. And the thing that? is, though, oh, okay. people are like, talking like, oh, do you feel bad about like defending him in the past? I'm like, no, I don't, because like what I what I defended him in the past about was justified, because it was about like social injustice and yeah, like you know, two things can be true at the same time. I think people would like, have yeah, a hard time. The media could have been like completely unfair to him in the past, and he can still be an idiot now. <laughs> like those, both those things can be true. Because like, I will stand by it. Like I was on his side during that whole like, media thing last season. Like, I was on his side. You're like, dude, they, they've been treating him like garbage for like years, and he's actually like done a lot of good things. Remember that dude that, that, can, that said he was like the worst player in NBA, the worst person in NBA history? Yeah, he said he's like worse than Hitler worse than, or something. Yeah, he said he was worse than like him and Colin Malone. I'm like, he said he was, so he said he said he was second behind Colin Malone. I'm like, no, no, no. no. That, trust me, there were players I know people don't want to admit did bad things. And he's not, and Kyrie's not even close to them. But, you know, that that's a whole other thing I don't like. Like, people, like, being selective, like, what they choose to, like, call players out for off the court and what players they choose to call people out for. Yeah. Like, that's a whole other thing. Like, just be consistent with it. Yep. That's, like, that's, all, that's all you can ask for. But, unfortunately, not everyone... Can. And you can't really change that, which, which, which is the which is the one thing I like, get to understand. It sucks, but it's true. Like you're not going to be able to change people. If people think that way, like you're not going to change them. Like, yeah. but that's a whole that that's a whole other thing that really doesn't relate to basketball. That, that's a whole life problem. To be quite honest with you, um, but yeah, I don't know what Kyrie's going to do. And like back with the Nets, I mean, we kind of spoke about like how how we see their ceiling as like a top two seed. I mean, even without Kyrie, I think it still kind of stays the same. But, like, playoff time, I think that's where you really need Kyrie because, like, you can't rely on, like, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, Patty Mills to, like, really mm-hmm. get you through some of those those lumps in the postseason, especially if, like, James Harden from old decides to show up and, like, decides to have, like, a 10 yeah. turnover game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't oh, have yeah. Kyrie to lean on at that point, And it's just, like... And it sucks because I think Kyrie, like, people thought when, like, Harden got traded to Brooklyn, it wasn't going to work. I'm like, it's going to work. Like, Harden, I think Harden needs more credit for adjusting the way he has. Because he's taken, I believe, like, a bigger backseat than people think. Like, he's saying, like, I'll be the passer and I'll still get mine. Like, mm-hmm. like y'all can get yours and I can still get mine. Like, and he became, the, he's he's become the point guard. Like, when I do my rankings now, I put Harden at the point guard and Kyrie at the two guard. So yeah, that's how it should be. Because I mean, that's honestly how they both play. But Kyrie's like, I think Harden adjusted. Whatnot, I yeah. think I don't think he, like, people thought like he wouldn't. I'm like, he wouldn't request a trade to Brooklyn if he wasn't willing to adjust. Yeah, like I think the main concern though, with he that he understands how to because he was a six man for a long time and he was okay with it. So yeah, and I think the main question with those with those three is whether like would they all play together because due to health or if Kyrie decides to go on like um, a sabbatical or whatever, or like, or they just decide to do load managing like that. That was always the question with it. And that's why I had them as a second round exit. A lot of people last, a lot of people when I made that, when I had that prediction out and I brought it back out after they lost, a lot of people were like, Oh, did you like, Oh, did you even take into account injuries and whatnot? And I was like, yeah, of course. Cause like, first of all, James Harden was coming in, not in the best shape ever. Um, Katie was coming. No, I, I think he was. Injury. I think he was. I, I'll be quite honest with you. I think he was faking that. 
I don't know. James Harden has been been looking kind of chunky I, I lately, know. but he might. I don't know what he was wearing in Houston. It had to be some sort of fat suit. Because <laughs> he would get in the game, like he looks nothing like this at but, all. Like, either, either way, he still didn't like really seem like he was in better shape than he was in years prior. So I was thinking that. I don't know. He ever, he, I think he looks right now going into this season, looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, he looks in better shape like, now. And yeah, then he definitely does. Kyrie, Kyrie's, Kyrie's low key an injury prone guard, but like he doesn't have that rep because, like, because the thing still... is, though, his game isn't athleticism based. Exactly, and, so, and it's like, why if he if he decides to play and continue to play, he'll last for a long time. People try to compare it to like Allen Iverson because like, oh, he'll lose his quickness, and then like, you know, he won't be good. Like, no, but Kyrie's like one of the best shooters in the league. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Yeah, uh, and his game is so craft based, and he's so creative. In my, I know people. I hate people that do the Steph versus Kyrie debate because it's the most annoying thing. We all know Steph's better. Yeah. Like, at this point, at this point, you're just doing this debate to the to the great Kyrie and what he can do. And I think it's Steph is more skilled, necessarily, specifically, because skill is more than just the ability to handle the basketball. Yeah. But I will say this. The only other player in NBA history that I would say is comparable to Kyrie Irving as an off-bounce creator is Allen Iverson. Yeah. There's just things, I just think that people think like, oh, Kyrie just dribbles in place. I'm like, he really doesn't. Like, he, he's a crafty finisher. There's a lot of creativity. Nothing about his dribble moves is staying in place. He's always moving to a different spot when he dribbles, which is important to note with a lot of players. If you can do a bunch of dribble moves in place, that's cool. But if you can't create separation, like some... And angles and all that other yeah. stuff. That's what, you can that's dribble. What really you matters. can do a bunch of dribble moves, but you can't create separation like, you know, some certain young prospects now. Um, we won't talk about that, but... Um, <laughs> You know, you're not going to be as good. Yeah. So, um. So as we wrap things up. Anyways, um, as we wrap things up, um, Noah, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me. You can look up my name, Noah Terranova, T E R R A N O V A, on YouTube. This will be the first thing that pops up, like 4.6k subs or something like that. Um, and from there, you can find like other channels. Like I have a video channel where I do like daily NBA uploads. I have a channel where I do like NBA draft stuff. Uh, and on the current channel, I'm doing like one video a week, where you know it's just 15 to 20 plus minutes maybe. And I just like put a lot of effort into it. Like just talk about different basketball topics if you're interested in that. You can follow me on Twitter at Terranova Noah. Um, those are really the only things I use right now. So that's all I have to say. All right, you heard the man. Um, make sure you follow him. Follow him on Twitter for sure. Um, be cracking me up with the um Attack on Titan um memes, yeah. even though I'm not caught up yet. But you know, where, where I still kind of get the gist. Man, I, I want to say I'm on season three. Still, that's like that. That's like the second longest season right now. So yeah, yeah. so like, and I've been I've, I've been taking a massive was break. Very sweet. Was like, yeah, it was. It was, a, it was shockingly sweet for me, but it was like a yeah, blank. That's a fun. That, yeah, that was. And then they, like, I don't know how people waited as long as they did like, in real time for that. Cause like, I would have been like, what the fuck? But like, yeah, that's yeah, all. Yeah, I would have left the show alone at that point. But yeah, I got to finish that's up season I, three. And that's then get why I always wait four. to know when she's. I, tell you, I only want shows that I know have complete endings. So, mm, yeah. 
Like Inv- Invincible is the one exception because like that was just too incredible for me not to watch. But for, yep, had to tune it every week. Yeah. But um, as for me, um, I recently put out a piece on the on the Strickland um previewing the season for um Knicks rookie Quentin Grimes. Check that out um at the Strick Land. Um, bunch of Knicks content creators, you know, just making excellent content. Make sure you um sub to the Patreon over there if you want some exclusive content. Um, and um, check out the merch over there as well. Um, lot of excellent Knicks gear. If you're a Knicks fan or just want to check out some cool basketball gear in general, um, and support us. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to plug. So um, thanks for joining me today, Noah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and I always have a good time. Yep, always good talking hoops. Um and I think that's it.